Now, mental health is something more people than ever are struggling with, according to a bunch of different articles. And I can tell you from personal experience that it's just as important as your physical health. And that's why we made it one of our core four. But as guys, as people who may not have been raised with the most positive approach to mental health, it can seem a bit overwhelming to get started. And finding the right mental health specialist can be everything. Today, let's see if we can't learn how to find the right mental health specialist for you. This is Who Cares About Men's Health, where we aim to give you some motivation, inspiration, and maybe a different interpretation of health. I'm producer Mitch, and I bring a little bit more than the mics, I'd like to think. And as always, we have uh, Scott Singfield, manager of the Scope Radio and one of the best BSers that I know. I can't wait to start shoving some feelings down. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> Perfect. I'm excited <laughs> for that. And bringing the MD and maybe a touch of validity to the show, it's ER physician, Dr. Troy Madsen. I don't know about the validity. Maybe the MD. <laughs> Thanks, though, okay. Mitch. And joining us today is Dr. Scott Langenecker. He is a clinical neuropsychologist and professor of psychiatry at University of Utah Health. Now, as we're kind of, before we get into the kind of nitty gritty, I just want to kind of do a quick check. Uh, Scott and Troy, uh, let's start with Scott. What would you say your relationship with mental health is? I mean, that's the core four. We talk about it a lot. And have you ever taken the steps to actually talk to someone? What's my relationship with mental health? Um, it's kind of like uh, the person that's across the street that you you think you know, and you maybe you wave at them just <laughs> yeah. in case you do. Like a casual nod every now and then. Yeah. 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 I don't like to get too intimate or too close with it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I don't know. That's a tough question to answer, Mitch. It's something that I consider. It's something that I've become more aware of. I think just realizing um, and acknowledging sometimes when I'm stressed or when I'm anxious or when I'm not feeling well. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, oh, and, have well, you ever talked so, to anyone? Yeah. Have you ever actually like, oh, seen, yeah. like had help? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Through, um, you know, a lot of workplaces have those programs where you can um, have an appointment. And there was a particular time in my life where things were really, really difficult. And I just wanted some insight and maybe some tools to help me work through it. So I had two or three meetings with mm. a professional in, in that respect. Yeah. And how was it? Was it good? Did it feel weird to be there? You know, I'm looking forward to this topic because where it, while it was good, I don't know that I necessarily felt that I had a connection with that individual. And if I was to continue that, I think I would want to try to find somebody that I had more of a connection with. So I'm really looking forward to finding out more about that today. Perfect. And how about you, Troy? Uh, you know, Mitch, mental health is something I absolutely think about. Sometimes I worry that I think about it too much. And I'm like, <laughs> am I overthinking mental health? I mean, is that yeah. kind of a paradox? I don't know. And, you know, self-diagnosis is something I often struggle with. And I've said before, I sometimes take the approach where I either diagnose myself, you know, physical ailments with cancer, or I just tell myself, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. So sometimes maybe I do that with mental health as well, but I absolutely think about it. In terms of speaking with people, I think it's been more of an informal thing for me. Sure. Uh, I've had a number of conversations recently with several of my colleagues that have been really productive and very helpful as a lot of us have struggled with wellness and mental health. Uh, I think coming out of the pandemic in particular, but maybe just general job stressors and those sorts of things. So so yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's kind of a relationship. Maybe maybe I'd describe it as an on again, off again relationship. Maybe that's <laughs> sure. I, yeah. Maybe that's right. the best way to put it. Casual. It's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um so with me, it 
it, I've been, I think I've had probably the most interaction with mental health, um, a professional myself. Um, when I was growing up, uh, mental health was definitely kind of treated as a sign of weakness, right? This idea that, um, if you have quote unquote big emotions, then you, it's some sort of like moral failing, you know, and to buck up, you know, this is how men are, et cetera. But during COVID and during, you know, the last couple of years of my life, um, I knew something was kind of off. And something was really wrong. I was feeling stressed, anxious, couldn't sleep. Work was really tough. You know, feeling good about things was bad. Relationships took a nosedive. And um, it got to the point where I felt I finally needed to talk to someone. And it was really tough. And, um, you know, I'll, we'll, I'll kind of fill in kind of as the conversation goes. But it took me a while to find someone that I could talk to with my situation and actually get a connection that could help me. I actually went through three or four uh, mental health specialist till I found the person that I did. And I kind of, and the reason I kind of even came up with this idea for this episode is I wish I had known, right, that you, it's okay to like find the right person to try a couple. It's not you. You're not the one that screwed up. But that's kind of why I wanted to make sure we talked about this. So I've been with my current therapist for over a year now and we're making tons of great work. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not found the right person. So let's t turn to the professional a little bit to talk about this process and a little bit about maybe some strategies and kind of how we can approach this. Um, Scott, Dr. Langenecker. Yeah, call me Scott. Let's call you Scott. Call I, Scott. We got two Scott. No, that's confusing. All right, all right. We got Scott's uh, <laughs> squared here. Uh, maybe I'll call you Dr. Scott, I guess. Oh, that's a groaner. <laughs> that's a, that's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a groaner when you're talking about mental health, but we'll work with it. Dr. Sure, Scott. sure. Gotcha. So what kind of person um, should, like, what kind of person needs mental health help? Like, I guess that's kind of where I wanted to start is who can mental health um, assistance help the most? That's a that's a fabulous question. Uh, I think about it this way. What's the most complicated system you have in your body? The obvious answer is your brain. If your brain's not working the way you want it to, that's the time to find somebody to talk it out and figure it out and, and see if you can optimize what's going on. It's not always about things are terrible. Um, I feel awful. Sometimes it's, ah, I just feel off or that didn't go the way I wanted it to or you know, I got angry there and I really don't like it when I get angry. There could be all sorts of reasons why it might be a good idea just to chat with somebody and, and check it out. Is there something that uh, men kind of deal with more than, say, anyone else that, you know, maybe that's a sign you should probably go talk to someone? Well, the big, the big one for most men is, is anger and, and, and even acknowledging that sometimes anger gets the best of you. It, it may be that you got it under control. It may be that, you know, it doesn't really affect anybody else except for you. But if you walk around and you get home from work at night and you just feel off or irritable or angry, that's kind of a good sign that, that maybe it's a, a good idea to talk to somebody. So let's go to that next step. So you need to talk to somebody. And I've heard that exact phrase far too many times. Go talk to somebody. Like, go find a professional. What am I looking for? Right? Like, are there different types of specialists? Is there some place that I should start? Um, you know, when, when someone says, who is that somebody in that statement? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question because there's like licensed clinical social workers, there's psychologists, mm -hmm. there's psychiatrists, probably 16 other titles as well. I was actually sent to my primary care physician first and I was oh. like, what? Why would most, I talk to them about this? Yeah. yeah. Most people are actually sent to a religious pers person first. 
which can be a little bit complicated. Yeah, the most the most common uh, person that somebody talks to first would be a, a pastor or a priest or a bishop, uh, and and that can be helpful. Uh, but if you think about like um, if you think about the first question you ask, like how do I know that things aren't really going the way I want them to? Um, if the answer to that is I don't feel like things are in my control or I feel like there's too much on my, on my, you know, too much weight on my shoulders, or I feel like I can't quite keep all the pieces together. That's, that's a good, a a good, a good example of when to say, Hey, okay, let's maybe talk this out with somebody else. And then the next step is really to sort of say, well, what is it that I think is going on? Like, is it my emotions? Is it my sleep? Is it my sex drive? Is it my body falling apart as I'm getting older? Like that might sort of dictate where you go. Um, and what am I looking for? Do I want somebody who's just going to listen to me like as a real human and care about me? Like that's pretty powerful all by itself. Or do I have some work to do? Like, you know, maybe I've got, maybe I've got this thing where I come home and I'm angry and I drink and maybe I drink a little bit too much and that causes trouble in my relationships or maybe it messes up my sleep. Like if I've got to do some, if I got to do some work, if I got to make some changes, then the kind of professional I'm going to look for is going to be different. Does that make any sense? I was going to say that makes so much sense. And I love, Scott, how you said, you know, it's one of those things where the mind is the most complex system in the body. The brain is the most complex system. And I look at some of the advice that I hear people's family members giving them about the heart or the digestive system. And it is not good advice. And then you think, you know, we need these supportive people. We need them in our lives. But oftentimes we're going to them with very complex mental issues and really internalizing that advice when we probably need something more than that and a much higher level of expertise. It makes me think of my uh, cousin and her mother who it's like she was having heart palpitations and she was like, Mom, I have heart palpitations. Oh, I have those. They're the flutters. Don't worry about them. <laughs> right? Exactly. And it's just like, maybe you should go talk to a specialist, not just yeah. somebody, you know. Yeah, let's get yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, let's get that bit out of the way right away because the, the first thing that you're going to get from people who care about you is uh, I want to come to a solution for you. And how that's going to be heard in your mind might be, I don't really care about your problem. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's no, a, that, that struck a chord, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and especially, I mean, you know, Certainly as men, as we talk to other men, I know that that is often a complaint about men hearing, you know, people talking about, you know, issues that are of importance to them. We we certainly we are solution focused. We want to find answers. And I am as guilty of that as anyone. But again, like you said, that that may not or probably is not the best approach. Yeah, that's going to come across as you're making me uncomfortable right now. Please talk about something else. Yeah. Like, let's put a bow on this. Let's move on. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's talk about oh, basketball. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so so your, your loved one's good for a lot of things. That's important. Those relationships are important. But maybe not the first, per, not the most helpful person to go to with some of these issues. Well, it may, it may be that the relationship with a loved one may be the thing that you're struggling with. Like your loved one may be struggling or you may be struggling and your loved one doesn't want to hear about it or or they don't know how to how to how to support you. Uh, that's a good time to, to go seek out a, a mental health professional. All right. 
Let's go to that next term then, mental health professional. Like, what am I looking for? If I type in mental health professional, am I going to get what I need or do I need to go in with a little bit more know-how? Well, to be completely, frankly honest, this is a daunting thing for me. And I've actually been doing this for 25 years. So I do want to be completely honest with your listeners. Um, And your example, Mitch, is a perfect one, which is sometimes it takes a bit to find the right person. Uh, And so when you start out, you might be text uh, entering something into Google. Um, I've got anger issues and I want to find somebody to talk to. Uh, And that may send you to a place that you don't ultimately end up going, but it may send you to somebody who can actually give you some advice on where you need to go next. So one of the things that I say in the first meeting when I meet with any patient, I say, you know what? I'm a 51-year-old white male uh, from rural Wisconsin that may or may not jive with who you are and what you think of the world. And we're going to talk for a bit and hopefully you feel comfortable working with me. But if you don't, I want you to feel comfortable saying, hey, Scott, uh, I need to talk to somebody else. Can you help me find someone else? And then I do. Uh, and, and that's where we get, we get to, some, to some movement, get to the place where you actually find somebody who you can jam with and jive with and feel comfortable with and do some, do some meaningful work. And you don't take offense at that if someone's just like, hey, this is not working. I've got to find someone else. It's not you. It's me. Uh, it's to be, it's me. Yeah. To be completely honest, uh, as a therapist, I feel it, too. Uh, if things aren't quite going and I'm working, I'm working my tail off to try and make it work. But if it's not and you're just being polite and saying, hey, um, let's let's work on this thing today. And it's kind of like, you know, nails on the chalkboard, like. Let's not do that. Tell me so we can find somebody who will work with you and you get a good experience out of it. See, I, I wish I could do that as a healthcare <laughs> professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't working. I'm going to go find someone else to take care. I'm going to go I'm find just, another arm to fix. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Mitch, I got a question for you. So like, yeah, what sure. was the process for you? Like what was going through your mind as you were meeting with different professionals and you were trying to find that right fit? Like... Yeah. How did you know? What, what 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 were the considerations? So I first went through the company um, work assistance program and I'm just like, hey, I'm feeling off. Um, I think I need to talk to someone. And they're like, oh, we'll, we'll connect you with someone. And they, they first asked me, do I have a preferred gender of specialist? I'm like, I, I don't know. No, I don't think so. And so the process, I think, was a little lacking as to like, I was, I just was given who I was assigned. And what was interesting is I came in, I was in a really kind of down place. I was suffering with severe anxiety, severe depression. Um, I was trying to decide whether or not to get on medication for it. I was in a really dark place. And so I'm suddenly just on a Skype call with some random soft-spoken individual. And there was something that felt off very early in the conversation with this person. And what was interesting is that I think it's partially myself, but there's something that's like, I just assumed that maybe mental health work was not for me, right? The fact that I wasn't jiving with this person, the fact that um, I felt there, the vibe was just wrong. There was something about, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm feeling really depressed and I can't seem to get rid of it. And it's like, oh, well, have you tried a gratitude journal? And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I have. I have. I think there might be something else 
that I would like to try, well, why don't we try that first? I think that's always a great place to start. And and not nothing against the guy, but for me, that was just like, dude, I've read the self-help books. I've done this stuff. Please listen to what I'm trying to say. And rather than just saying, hey, this isn't working for me, I was very sheepish. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. No, I, I'll, I'll trust the process. I'll trust the person, right? And so it took me three or four weeks with this person and finally deciding, no, this isn't, this isn't going to work for me. This isn't, this isn't the person. And I actually had to talk to a friend who happens to be a mental health specialist for her to remind me, you know, you don't need to stick with it. You can keep trying people out until you find the person that works for you. I was going to say, Mitch, hearing about that, it sounds a whole lot like dating. Yeah. And I guess with that in mind, Scott, my question for you is how long do you give it? Do you have to go on a second <laughs> yeah. date? Or can you, times, just, yeah. right? can you just can you just walk out on the first date? Can you get 15 minutes into it and just be like, this is not working? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're like, I'm not listening. Well, that's a great yeah. analogy. Um, and let me let me take that analogy one step further. Like this date is not working. But do you have any close friends that are that are hot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Can I go with your roommate? <laughs> you're right. I mean, that's kind wow. of what it's like, like. The person yeah. that you're talking to, you may not drive with, but they're probably in the best position to point you to the next stop. Uh, so one, maybe two visits. If you're not feeling it, then then it's time to move on. And you know, let's be honest, we're all human beings. When somebody says, hey, you know what? It's you. Uh, we can we, <laughs> we can be hurt by that. And and so somebody might yeah. say, you know, I I, I got to take a minute <laughs> to think about what you just said before I can be effective in giving you good advice. Uh, I, you know, I hope for a day when that doesn't doesn't happen. But I think that's where we are right now. I, I want to jump in with a quick question for you, Scott. And like, I was listening to Mitch's story and just thinking what that would be like to go in and start revealing some of these very personal feelings, right? Uh, for some people, maybe that's going to happen on the first time. But for a lot of people, it's going to take time with an individual before you can really start getting at it. Is there any research or anything that shows kind of how many times you have to go before you start developing a trust? It's it's really tricky uh, to answer that question. Uh, so some people, they they feel comfortable with a person and it's like opening the floodgates, like it all comes out. And then sometimes uh, as a therapist, you're like, oh, man, we're, we're, we're just scratching the surface. We're scratching the surface. You know, we're on the third session. I'm like, there's something else here. And as a therapist, then you, you kind of just try and, and, and bring the warmth and bring in the energy and sort of just say, hey, uh, it seems like there might be something else on your mind. Um, and the funny, the funny joke we have as therapists is if it comes up in the last two minutes of a session, it's probably super important. Mm -hmm. I have people in my life, that's their strategy. It's the one more thing <laughs> strategy, I like to call it, where you... That the one more thing is the thing. Yeah, and right? by the yeah. way, my house is burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting that you said that because it took me three or four people and I actually started to talk to friends and that was a really weird place myself to be like, hey, do you go to therapy? Do you have someone that you could recommend, right? And it eventually got to the point where I had been working with some mental health specialists up at the U for um, another project. And I was talking to the person I was working with and she was just like, I have the perfect person for you. See if they reach out, see if they're the person or if they have any openings, whatever. And I got in and if we're going to keep saying that it was like dating, there was just an instant connection. And there's something about being able to find a mental health person that approaches your problems in the way that you need 
who can talk to you the way that you need to be talked to. There's something about being able to just like, I'm, I curse like a sailor and just to be able to curse freely and not feel inhibited by that and have the same energy brought right back and just, I don't know. There's, there, there was something that very quickly I was able to really, we talked about Kung Fu movies, you know, there was just something instantly about <laughs> this person and this connection. And all of a sudden he's making references to TV series as how they can be applied to my life. And I'm like, I've seen that series. I love that series. Yes. Yes. Right. And that's when the mental health work actually started. You know, as you're talking, Mitch, it just makes me think of imagine you're going on a journey to a place you've never been before and you have yeah. to go on this journey with a blind date. Um, <laughs> sure. This is this is kind of how hard it is. Right. And so if you're not feeling that chemistry right away, like it's probably time to find a different blind date. And would you recommend you go into that search kind of with that mindset? Like, hey, I've got to go on a long road. Like, let's say it's, you know, a 24 hour train ride or something. <laughs> Is that the kind of person you're looking for? The person you want to take that train ride with? Like someone you enjoy that much that you would enjoy spending that much time with them? I don't know what kind of problems Troy has, but 24 hours sure. is your your idea of long. <laughs> That's long. That's terrible. That's, I think we're talking like a summer, uh, like a summer backpack across okay. Central America, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more like the trip to the Lonely Mountain with Bilbo. Oh, um, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need a Samwise. Yeah. 24 hours is the starting point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it could be. I mean, it could be 24 hours. It it could be like you know. Just to share a bit of my own my own experiences with, with mental health, um, you know, I've been in sessions uh, for other people who have needed support. I've obviously been on the other side providing the support. Um, I've gotten support myself. Sometimes it's it's literally like I need to talk to somebody about this problem. It's going to take about thirty minutes, and that's it. And that sounds like a that sounds like such a male thing to say, <laughs> but sometimes it takes more. Sometimes it takes quite a bit more, and so. Um, you don't necessarily know, but it's, it's fair to say, you know, if I got, if I got trapped in a, in a capsule on a mission to Mars with this person, could we make it? Like, could we do it? And not just do it, but in, enjoy the conversation, I guess. Well, maybe, um, maybe <laughs> this is hard work. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, uh, cleaning a bathroom, like, you know, you got to do it. You know, if you don't do it, you're going to get germs all over and, you know, it's going to be gross and it's, you're going to get sick. But it's not like somebody says, I want to do this today. One thing Mitch mentioned too, kind of looking at this process, he started with the employee assistance program. Do you find those programs are helpful? Like, is that a good starting point if someone's just like, I don't know where to go, I don't know where to start, or do you recommend a different route? That's a, that's such an important question. In our culture right now, in, in the space we live in, most people don't seek help because they're afraid that it will affect their job. And so going to an EAP, like that's the hardest thing in the world. If you feel comfortable with that, great. I mean, those folks are there to help you and they're good at it. And, you know, they're, 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 in, um, they're in touch with being confidential about things. But if that's going to be a hesitation or a hitch for you, uh, then then you know you you do let your fingers do the talking. Go to go to Google or you know talk to somebody who who might know somebody. Yeah, I, I don't. I think you know from a personal standpoint, that would it's a good point you make, and it's interesting to hear that because I feel like if I went there, 
you know, they would know my job title. They would know what I do for work. I would just worry that there would be so many assumptions based on that. And I would almost feel obligated to play that role. You know, for me personally, like be the doctor role. Like I'm the time who sucks it up and I, I deal with it and I, I'm going to get through this, you know, my, my doctor persona. So I, I wondered if that's the best route just because maybe you are in more of that work mindset and that work role that you play and if that would carry into those sessions. So I'm getting the feeling that you you think that the person would know your job title. I don't know that that's the case. Maybe, I, so. maybe they don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, let's I mean, let's explore this from the from the headspace, right? The headspace of the person who's who's looking for some help. Um, there might be some shame. Uh, there might be some shame about Oh gosh, I gotta ask for help. Uh, first of all, men don't ask for help, and, and second of all, we do it while playing basketball, um, not in some cushy office. Um, so, so that could be like a really hard thing to start out with. So, you know, I, I I just try and clear the air, right? Clear the air and be like, let's go to a place where you feel comfortable walking into the building, and that shame thing isn't going off in the back of your head. Yeah, and maybe that's the EAP program. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's somewhere else. Yeah, it's not a one. It's not a one stop shop, and it's not a one size fits all. I, I was sharing with Mitch before when we were chatting. Um, finding a good therapist is kind of like finding a good pair of shoes. Like you kind of <laughs> got to know what you're looking for. Like, do I want running shoes? Do I want hiking shoes? Do I want dress shoes? But they got to be super comfortable. You got to be comfortable working with a therapist. And the reason why I like using the analogy of shoes is once you put them on you're going to go somewhere. Like if you're going to be successful, you're going to make some moves. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to make some changes. See, that's a great analogy. Like there's I nothing like worse than, yeah, like a long walk or hike or run with a little rock in your shoe. And you think, oh, I can deal with this. But just, you know, just that little thing in there, it just becomes just intolerable. So I would imagine same with these relationships. If things just are not quite right, it's just not going to work. Yeah, we've all been on that walk with that, you know, pebble in our shoe or we don't have the right kind of shoes uh, and we're not enjoying the scenery. We're, we're, we're thinking about the blister we're about to have. It reminds me of the time I wore cowboy boots on the Vegas Strip and that was the worst decision I have ever made. I think I <laughs> could not walk the next day. My feet were so broken. Let me um, guess, and it was probably the first time you'd ever worn cowboy oh, boots? Oh, absolutely. I bought them <laughs> for the Vegas trip. And, like, that's um, what people wear in Vegas. They yep, wear cowboy yep. boots. I bet you they look good, though. Oh, they were banging. But, like, <laughs> no. After walking up and down the Strip all night, the next morning I was limping to, like, as Walgreens to get some flip-flops. You know? That sounds so horrible. Yeah. And it, it was. And if I could carry the analogy further... There's some times where a person just needs somebody to talk to and they just need a super comfortable pair of loafers. They're not going anywhere. They, they just want somebody to hear them as a human and to feel the connection. Scott, talk about for somebody that maybe does not have EAP assistance or doesn't have very good insurance, like what are their options? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So here in Utah uh, at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, we have something called the warm line. And, and I hope it's every bit as warm as it sounds. You can call them and say, hey, this is the thing that's going on with me right now. Do you have any advice for me on where I could go next? They're there 24-7 and it could be, you know, like we were talking about before, it could be like, ah, I got this blister on my foot. It's probably not a blister on your foot, but that's just sort of me giving you space to say, if you think it's a minor thing, it may be, or maybe something bigger and, and just call the warm line and they can help you out. 
Scott, thank you for being here so much. Um, if there was one piece of advice when it comes to finding the right specialist, if someone is curious, if they're feeling the things you're saying, something's off, you need to talk to someone, what is the one piece of advice you'd give our listeners? Uh, my best advice is don't delay. Uh, in your mind, uh, especially for men, it's like, oh, I can deal with that later. And I'm, I know you've covered this in other health topics on this podcast, which is, Sure, it can wait, but it doesn't have to. Like things can get better and they can get better sooner. Well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for caring about men's health. Thank you. Thank you. 